0: Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about dementia and the emotional life is Dick Kitts. Dick was, until 2017, together with his wife, the owner of Cruise Kitts, the oldest healthcare agency in the Netherlands. Since 1937, Cruise Kitts has been providing private care and nursing in the Netherlands, Belgium, and Europe. In addition, Dick produces movies of people's course of life, and he is an active and author and a publisher. How are you doing today, Dick?
1: I'm fine, thank you everything okay here we that's are half a lockdown but we survived
0: very good that's good as as long as everybody's being safe that's the most important thing so looking forward to this follow-up dick so obviously we had a webinar a couple months ago um and so this is a follow-up but before we get started for those that are joining us for the live webinar if you have any questions type those questions in time permitting we will do everything in our power to get those questions answered so dick let's go ahead and get started dementia in the emotional life
1: yes Well, last time we spoke about the workings of the brain and uh, from that we learned something about dementia. And today I would like to continue uh, with the workings of the brain with dementia and how we as caregivers, as partners, as family can perform the best care for them. And I would like to start with a small summary of last time. We see here on the picture, one, two, three, four. And the first one, too, is the lower brain, the emotional brain. And the three, four, the black parts, is the upper brain. It's the rational brain. And our brain helps us to process all information that is coming towards us. What we see, what we smell, what we hear. And this is coming in at level one, going up to level two. And then we make a picture of it, what we see. And with our memory, we create at level four, a situation. And from that situation, we make a plan to act how, what we want to do. And we make a choice what we want to do and decide to do it. And that's our behavior. And this is going on all day. In case of dementia, that's the next picture, the upper brain gets affected bit by bit all functions of the upper brain gets affected they decreasing they fading away a function in the upper brain for instance is starting continuing and finishing an action the lower brain is the the emotional brain and that stays functioning well and in case of dementia when the upper brain gets affected More and more processing will not go through the upper brain and more and more only through the lower brain. And that means that there will be more emotional behavior. Um, And you must think of intuitive behavior, um, spontaneous behavior and impulsive behavior. The lower brain, the emotional brain also has a small repertoire of feelings like anxious, happy, anger, um, sad, empathetic. But emotions like shame and proud and hope, they are getting lost. And when the upper brain gets affected, and now I'm going back to the one, we cannot act independently more because we cannot make uh, choices. We cannot decide what to do. And in case of dementia, our memory is fading away bit by bit. So the more uh, period we are confronted with this disease, the more we have our behavior through the emotional brain, and the more we get dependent on others to help us, to care us, to make decisions for us. And through this, all this knowledge, uh, Dr. Anneke van der Plaats developed the brain, develop, the, the brain. Sorry, she developed the brain uh, environment methodology. Let's go to the next one. The brain environment methodology. People with dementia are always looking for a safe situation, and the environment becomes very important. And the three basic elements of this favourable environment that are the interaction with other persons, the physical space people live in, and the activities in which they are engaged. And let's start with interaction. The approach of people with dementia is very important and should be aimed towards their capacities. For instance, empathy. Empathy, I would like to describe empathy, in case of dementia, as our capacity to understand what they feel, what they still can do, and what they cannot do anymore, and to act upon that. Dr. Hanneke van der Plaats often said, if you focus on the other person and try to understand him, you cannot but be nice and helpful. Well, that's empathy. An example for empathy, I had with my mother, she had Alzheimer's disease and she liked to make a ride. So sometimes we went out in the car and I drove her through old neighborhoods where she could recognize houses, what she liked. But when we were in a car, I instantly looked at her Does she still like it? Does she understand what we see? And after two times, I realized 25 minutes was the max. Then she got annoyed, her face got anxious, she made remarks. What is this? What is this? She didn't understood anymore. So I knew 25 minutes is good enough to have a ride. Another important thing in, in our approach of people with dementia is that we never should correct or be angry because people with dementia feel that the upper brain or the brain in general is not functioning well anymore and they feel uncertain. And if you do a correction, they can get angry. If you have a marriage of or two partners, it is not unusual sometimes to quarrel. Last we were. Friday we were at the supermarket and we saw Jane. No, it was Thursday. It was not Jane, it was Rose. No, it was Jane, blah, blah, blah. In case of dementia, this sort of uh, communication is sort of forbidden because there's a great chance the amygdala will be activated and the person gets anxious or angry. And then he's going to fight, flight or freeze. Fight is hitting or beating, flight is walking away or or like freezing. I do nothing, I don't take my medicines. And the effort to get them out of this angry and anxious feeling costs more time than if you approach them with a slow and more seducing, uh, in a more seducing way. The more affection, the more effective care is the underlying. That's very important, like slow, slow. The the brain is not working as our brain is working. It's more, so we should adjust to their pace. If the brain is working slower, they cannot um, follow what we are saying or what we are doing when we do it in a too fast way. There's an excellent sample of our nurse Irene. She once was asked to judge a situation where a man who was brought to the dining table every evening got angry. So she watched what they were doing and a nurse was coming from the backside, put off the brake, drove him to the dining table in 20 seconds and said now we are going to eat, put on the brake again and that was it. Next day she showed how to do First of all, she entered the man from the front side. Then she asked, do you like to have dinner? The cook has mar- made a marvelous meal. Oh, yes. Fantastic. Shall I bring you to the dining table? Yes, of course. Thank you. And then she took off the brakes. She brought him slowly to the dining table, put on. And only 30 seconds extra. And the man had no anger. And then show how to do. We as people have the the capacity of mirroring. Mirroring is a fantastic quality. It is located at level two, so people with dementia have also this capacity. Children do it constantly and mirroring, copycatting their parents, the behavior of their parents, and so they learn life. And in many nursing houses, when people with dementia who don't start with to eat because the function of starting is, is being fade away. And then they start themselves eating, and then all the people at the table start eating also. Or in the bathroom um, with personal care, if you wash your face, they are going to wash their face as well. If they don't know how to sit on a toilet and you show how to do, they copycat you. So copycatting is an uh, important thing in letting people uh, do what they have to do. And then we have seduction. Sometimes people with dementia don't want to do anything. Being lazy, sitting in the chair, laying in their bed. And then we have to... Yeah, do something to get them out of the chair, to get them out of the bed. Um, no commands, never. Don't say, let's go for a walk. You could better say, I've been outside. The weather is fantastic. I, you smell the autumn. Do you join me for a walk? We could go to the next uh, coffee shop you like so much. That's more the seducing approach. There was a nice example for one of our nurses who had a patient who never would get out of bed. And then she asked the family what was his work and do we have a photo of his work? And they had a photo of the factory where he's been working all his life. And when he didn't want to go out of bed, she showed him the picture and she said, at what time do you have to work? Immediately he got out of bed. And after washing, showering, breakfast, coffee, He already forgot that he had to go to work, but he was out of bed. Okay, that is some examples about interaction. Then we have the physical space to live in. Annika always says it's even a little bit more important than approach because the time people spend alone is more than in connection with somebody else. In nursing homes for instance and people have a favorable uh, behavior is if they understand uh, the environment if they are not afraid people are always looking for a safe situation well so we should take care of a favorable environment and first of all there is it should be recognizable I show you a next picture, yes, here. An example of a favorable environment is this. If you see the picture left, this is a corridor in a nursing home. And you see some equipment, well, I don't know if you understand what it is, but people with dementia don't. What they did, they refurbished, refurnished it to what you see on the right. It's being furnished like, 30, 40 years ago with an old radio, as our houses were furnished like that 30 years ago. If people get restless and they are wandering through the corridors, they have a place to sit down, to have a rest, and if the radio is tuned on music of 30, 40 years ago, they will even even stay longer. And all Dutch nursing homes have all these reminiscence spots. Uh, a popular one is a um, train compartment near a window and um, or baby bedrooms with noises of crying babies. And now we'll go back. The, um, that's about the recognizable environment. What also is important that there uh, should be at least one dynamic stimuli. For instance, suppose there is a man lying in his bed with dementia. At night, it's dark, a little bit light through the curtains. He gets awake and he sees a black ceiling, he sees nothing. Then he raises his head, he sees a little bit light through the curtain, but nothing is moving, there is no smell, there is no sound. So there is no only static stimuli. But he cannot process static stimuli, so he thinks he is not alive anymore. And what's going to happen? He's going to knock on his bed, making noise, or shouting to a nurse, 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 or he's getting out of bed, walking, going through the corridor. And in that way, there are dynamic stimuli, and then he feels alive again. So we should at least have one dynamic stimuli. For instance, an aquarium with fishes with a little bit of light. Dr. Anneke van der Plaats once was in Curaçao. Uh, and the left part of the corridor with 2 persons' bedrooms and the other side of the corridor were one-person bedrooms. And in the one-person bedrooms was always a lot of trouble with the restless people and where there were two, nothing. They could hear each other, they could smell each other, so there were sort of dynamic stimuli. It's quite interesting. On the other hand, if there are too much stimuli, it's not good either. So it should be a little bit quiet for them. What for us is normal, for them can be uh, too restless. A 70-year-old woman once said, it feels like war in my head. There were too much stimuli. When we were sitting together with, with the family at the table and my mother walked away without saying anything, she went to the kitchen, because too much stimuli came to, at the same time in her head and she couldn't process this. And then we have nature, nature. Um, we don't know why, but nature works very well for people with dementia. If you go outside with a person, in a wheelchair, walking, they feel calm, they feel relaxed, they feel peaceful, if it's light or the fresh air, we don't know. And if you go out with a person, it might be nice to point them on things they don't see themselves immediately, like look a squirrel, squirrel. or look there are two dogs playing, or look at the swans in the lake. And talking about light, light is also very important for persons with dementia because the ability to see clearly decreases. If you squeeze your eyes when the the, the sun is too, too bright, you see less. And this is what people with dementia see. So, the light in the bathroom, in the bedroom, in the dining room should be enough for them to see clearly what's around them and Anneke van der Plaats often said, I would like to say it also here, instead of giving medication to keep restless people quiet, it's preferable to create the right environment. And if you have this favorable and right environment, you also need less staff and then about activities. There are a lot of activities you can still do with people with dementia, but you have to help them because starting, continuing and finishing is a uh, function at level 4 and that will be uh, fade away after some time. And therefore, it's important to realise that if you do activities with them, that the incoming stimuli are simple. There's a nice example of one of our nurses who came, came to a new client and she saw her struggling when she was dressing in the morning and she got angry and what she did she helped her with dressing. She took away the difficult things and she let her do the simple things and she did the difficult things and after that she gave a compliment that she had dressed herself and she felt fantastic she was happy giving compliments to people with dementia by the way they love it also a nice uh, activity is television people with dementia get calm cheerful and and pleased by watching images images and nature films are fantastic although Take care. There are not animals who fight uh, with each other. That's that's too heavy. Um, and no war scenes, never. And also, there are a lot of activities you can think of. And what would be nice to overlook what they have done in the past for work or hobby, if you can join that with well activities you can do with them now. Maybe the come some memories from the past come still above. I would like to end with a nice quote of 2,200 years or more ago of Lao Tzu, a Taoist, and he said, to lead people is to follow them. We have to focus on what they can and still can't and we have to help them with that what they can't do anymore and let them do what they still can and actually they are in lead and we have to help them. Um, And this quote is still so, yeah. uh, uh, how do you say, at this time appropriate when we deal with our loved ones with dementia. For today, these are my things I would like to show you and to have a small look at the book which I wrote with Dr. Anneke van der Plaats and we still are trying to find an uh, American publisher. And all this book tells about workers of the brain and uh, the behavior of people with dementia and how we can deal with them. Well, you see some of my addresses and whenever you like, you can contact me. Thank you so far, Jason. Are there any questions?
0: Yes. Yes. Good stuff, Dick, as usual. Uh, Yeah, we have a few questions have come in. I want to talk a little bit about activities. So if you've got somebody who's in a wheelchair, you had mentioned utilizing nature. Uh, Are there any other activities you can think of for an individual that is in a wheelchair?
1: Yes, that's a good question. Thank you. Well, Sitting at, at the table, there are a lot of games which can be done. My mother did Scrabble till the end of life. Uh, Scrabble is arranging and sorting, and that are the two activities, functions of the, the lower brain. Um, you can think of making little games. There's a fantastic example. Uh, there was a campsite, and they had a, a supermarket at the campsite. And the woman was every evening uh, counting the the coins. And the next day they brought her to the bank. But when his mother got dementia, she said, he he got to the he went to the bank, and he asked for a lot of coins. And then he put the coins on the table and said to the mother, "Could you?" Uh, Um, sort out all the coins? Yes, of course. So she did and he put it in bags and the the next day and continues. So that is a nice example. What did she do in life and how can we combine what she did in life with something she still can do? And the thing is, while she was doing all this sorting of money and when it was ready and she got a compliment and a cup of coffee, she felt so good and you could see it And, well, that's a very nice example. So, look what they have done in the past and combine it with something, well, what you can think of. Uh, um, I saw it in China where they were writing uh, the old um, Chinese figures um, or just colouring like children do, colouring figures. There's a lot to do. Um what
0: about the use of pets for those with dementia?
1: Yeah. Pets is fantastic. You know why? Pets are acting on level one and two, and people with dementia in the in the second and third period are also functioning on level two. So they feel each other, they combine this. Um it's fantastic. Whenever possible, do it, but check if they, in the past, never had animals and maybe don't like animals or are afraid for it. Um, You have to check this as well. But pets is fantastic. Yeah.
0: I want to talk a little bit more about light. So you had, uh, on the previous screen there, you talked about some of the physical space, talking about light. Um, Yes. What about colors what type of
1: colors do you Uh, recommend yeah colors is also very important and um even this with architects of nursing homes before they start building there is connection with them and we inform them how to 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 build the 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 whole house and the, the spaces where they stay in and not only light but also colors there's a small example, when you have a plate and there's cauliflower and fish and potatoes, it are three almost the same colors and a person with dementia don't see the difference see, and don't even think of eating it because it's just one color of whatever. So, do orange of um, uh, carrots and a little sauce with color on the potatoes and then you have a meal. Also important is when they stay in a room and they look at the backside, and there isn't a furniture or or a kitchen and the whole kitchen is modern white. Well they don't see only one white wall, they don't see a kitchen. Um, In corridors it's important uh, once there was a colored a tappet how do you say um, carpet sorry carpet and they had first uh, uh, a yellow part then dark brown part and then yellow and then dark brown but people with dementia see not a dark brown part no they see a hole so they go are not going to walk in that corridor because they think that's a hole so yeah, that's very important to to overlook colors in the environment of people with dementia.
0: I want to talk a little bit about approach, Dick. So if you have a if you're a family member or a caregiver, what are the most important matters that you would recommend on approaching somebody with dementia?
1: Yeah, the most important thing. I think I think uh, first of all, focus on them. Not my ego is important, it's them. They are important, uh, like Lao Tse said. Second, I think what is important to uh, judge your speed slow, at their pace. In that matter, there's a lot of mistakes in nursing homes, what we see: that the nurse is too quick with a program, and uh, oh quick, quick, quick this, quick that, and I have to do. And then everything goes wrong. So, adjust your speed to what people with dementia can. Um, So, focus on them, see what they can and what they can't. Slow. Um, Yeah, and and also uh, think of what you say, do it nicely. Um, No anger, no corrections, uh, because when they when the amygdala is activated, you really have a problem. I think that's are the three main parts.
0: Okay, what about uh, physical contact? What's the importance of physical contact for
1: somebody with dementia? Well, physical contact is uh, contact at level one or two. And when your mind is not functioning well anymore and you do not understand what is happening around you and there's a person who's touching you and and giving you a hug and well you feel a sort of um uh, awarded um that you still actually you're leveling on their level um Sometimes it was when my mother got more and more dementia and you couldn't have a talk with her. I hold her hand and she loved it. And she took her other hand and with two hands, my hand was in her hands. Um, it's very important. That is why they give uh, dolls to people with dementia. And then they're going to uh, uh, put a doll on their legs and they're sort of taking care of a baby. And um, and it's all to do with, um, uh, yeah, touching each other. Right. Now, where we are in lockdown, we see how awful it is that we don't can give a hug to our beloved ones. That's how we miss it. Well, imagine people with dementia who miss the, 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 uh, the upper brain and even can touch another person. It's awful.
0: Yeah. A couple of the questions have come in. Dick. Yes. um, Regarding trying to create a a sense a feeling of safety in the bedroom, what other stimuli can you recommend?
1: Um, Well, we have in the Netherlands a sort of light that you point at the ceiling and there are small little stars and it's also used for children. Uh, it's being uh, made for children, but you can use it for people with dementia as well, that there are little stars moving on the ceiling, because the first thing you do when you're in bed and you open your eyes is watching the ceiling. And if there are little stars, that's fantastic. Also, there are lamps which change from color, from white to yellow to green to blue, etc., And if you put them nearby the bed, and this is changing every time you have a dynamic stimuli. Or you put a little light on an old clock with a cuckoo, and the, well, something like that. Uh, think of things that are not disturbing the night, but when they go, uh, awake, that there is something uh, like a, a dynamic stimuli light, uh, sound, uh, uh, moving pictures, the aquarium with fishes is fantastic, put a little light in it and it's fantastic. My, my. You can find me on LinkedIn, my name is Dick Kitts, via LinkedIn, it's easy, it's worldwide. And you can phone me, but you can also send me an uh, email, dick at dutch and whenever question, whatever question you have, you can mail me without problem. I love to have uh, questions. It, Dick, question, if you don't
0: mind, if you could go ahead and, and let everybody know what your, your your email is and your website, just because we'll have people that will be listening to our podcast.
1: Okay. Um, our website is nl. Or www.dutch8.nl and my email address is dick at dutch8.nl and the eight is the number eight
0: so as far as knowledgeable aging you can find us on our youtube page Uh, we update the youtube page and our website uh two to three times a week uh with with Updated content, and then you can find us on our podcast if you've got Spotify, uh, Apple Tunes, etc. Till next time, I'm your host Jason Kotar, and this is Knowledgeable Aging.